0: A good number of years ago now, we decided to partner with Compassion. And um, we were, you know, our values are spiritual formation, right? Uh, community or family, and then city and global impact. And there's loads of different ways in our city and on this island that we push for impact. And one of the ways we, we thought about, like, how can we go for global impact? And how can we um, do something in around the Compassion area? And so we began to partner with Compassion and, and asked them, you know, instead of just kind of, we're, we're just a small group of people with limited resources, but how could we uh, employ some teamwork and work together and actually make a big splash in a small space, rather than a small splash, you know, across the world. And uh, partnering with Compassion, we were able to, to uh, adopt around 50 children right from the same program and right from the same place. So yeah, kind of right in the same little network of villages. And um, we've been doing that for a number of years now. Harmony and I have had the, the honor and the privilege as a family. of We have a, a compassion daughter. Her name is Via Moy. Uh, many of you have compassion children. It's a treat to get uh, information from her and to pray for her and to support her. And actually, it's been a good couple of years now, so we've actually we get different photos and hear from her and just watching her grow into a young woman and begin to prosper. We've also grieved as she's lost Parents and has gone through very difficult times, uh, and it's just been an honor and a privilege to, uh, from many thousands of miles away, stand with her. And I know many of you have the same same type of journey. And so um, this morning, uh, Darren from Compassion is going to come, and he's going to talk. He's give us an update on on the project uh, where our children are all based, and um, he's going to talk a little bit more about Compassion. Uh, and so uh, th- he's brought his wife Erica with him. So could you give him a round of applause? That'd be great. And I'm not bringing him up here because he, we want to show a video first. So then there'll be a video and then Darren's going to come up and then you can clap again for him when he comes up. And just, just to, if you are sitting here thinking like, wait a minute, I'm pretty new to BCV and that sounds like an amazing idea and I want in. Well, uh, at the end, Darren will have children that you can sponsor if you want to begin to participate in this as well. And they will be right from the same geographical area and the same projects that everybody else here sponsors. And we're trying to do something big uh, in somewhere small and actually have a big impact. One of my dreams is to think about someday in heaven. Maybe I'll get to go see this, these projects someday, I don't know, um, uh, and see it from my own eyes, but one day when we get to heaven, what, what kind of an impact as we just sowed into just a couple of villages but, but with really potent power, what, what, will, what will happen because you, you and we as a community sowed in to just a few lives and what will be the ripple effects. so um, I'm, I'm excited about that, excited to have Darren, so why don't we watch the video and then he, we will welcome him up.
1: Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Just to see uh, those stories of lives changed. Some of those children, some of those adults you saw there, they were just like little kids, just like the ones that you sponsored years and years ago and now they're growing, growing up to be adults and, and, and world changers themselves. Do you know, we have someone in Haiti who is a senator in the government now, and was a compassion child many, many years ago, because we've been going for 65 years. And there's a lady uh, called Margaret in Uganda, and she was stealing bananas as a child, she tells in her story. And now she's a member of parliament in Uganda, and get this, she heads up the anti-corruption department. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? God does things, doing things generationally. It is great to be with you again. I was with you about three years ago with my friend Jane from India. And some of you may remember, we, he, we just, he just shared his story that morning. Now, I know you've had a chance to say hello to each other for 30 seconds. It was a long 30 seconds. But I'm going to give you an opportunity, especially those of you who are single right now, to look to the person to your left and just say to them, you're looking good. Go on, just do that. And if you're not sure, just turn to the one to your right and say you're looking better. (laughs) It really is a privilege for us both to be with you, uh, for us both to be here with you today. Uh, I said to Erica, um, you should come with me to Belfast City Vineyard. You'll really enjoy it. I'm out quite a lot of places, different weeks. And uh, she said to me, she nudged me in the worship and she said, you're right. I am enjoying it here. So, thank you for your warm welcome. And it's just great just to worship you here this morning. I'm just going to put this clicker on. I've been shown how to do it. I've got to press these two buttons at the side until the green light comes on, apparently. And I've still done it incorrectly there. I, know.
0: I do it incorrectly every
1: week. Okay. There we go. There we go. That's wonderful. Um, I want to say thank you to you so much for all that you already do. Through Compassion. I know you work through many other ministries as well. And praise God for for those ministries that you work through. Um, But we're looking at celebrating what you're doing with us over the years. And uh, so I've got a few slides here just to show you. And you may see your child up there. The photograph of your child. So just look out for that. Just over 50 now. 53 children being sponsored. We thank you in Jesus' name for every life that has changed. I want you to think about it in this way. 53 children... If there are four in a family, there may be five in a family. You can do a multiply because when you help the child in the family, you help the whole family. Just to give you an idea of how this works, Compassion's been going for over 65 years, started off with an American evangelist called Evan Swanson. And God just dropped a dream in his heart. Will you help these children in Korea, where he was after the Korean War? And he said yes to God. He said yes And with that small seed, he just opened an orphanage up, and then it just grew and grew and grew. And right now, as we sit here this morning, Compassion are partnering with 7,000 churches in 25 different countries around the world. Over 1.2 million children have graduated through the whole process, and 2 million children are currently in projects this morning. Isn't that amazing? Because one man said, yes, don't despise the the days of small things, says the Lord, because you never know what God's going to do. If God's given you a dream, you hold on to that. Don't be thinking, God, how's this going to work out? Because you may not know how it's going to work out. Evan Swanson was gone from this world a long time ago. But his legacy lives on. And your legacy can live on too. And uh, praise God for these 53 children's lives that are changed. Um, let's just flick that on there. In one country, we're looking at it in Kenya. And it's in a particular project. And it's in the uh, Maasai area. Now, I've been down in the Maasai area. Erica, would you, would you just bring that up for me there? I've got a letter from the pastor, which I've sent through. and Maybe we can uh, publish for you. Thank you so much. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> okay. I have a letter from uh, Pastor Benjamin um, from Pifa Church. And in, in a southern part of the Rift Valley province in Kenya. And he says that 88% um, of... Uh, there's 88% unemployment amongst the men. In this area. But he's saying praise God. That many men are being added to their church. Every week. They're ministering to different people. Um, they're also in a situation where they have. It, it takes them over an hour. To get medical assistance. They have to walk for over an hour. I've been out there. You know when I've walked, been to the projects um, out there. Uh, I went one time. And there was no one in a, in a project. And I said to the project worker. When, when's anyone going to come? And they said. Oh they're walking. I said how far? They said. Oh it could be like eight, nine kilometers but they'll be here soon. And apparently they do this every day. Um, It's just just amazing what happens there. He says, illiteracy levels are very high, and uh, most people fear taking children to school just um, just because of the fear of the erosion of their own culture. So they have, in their own culture, they're concerned about others coming in and influencing that. And so as the church, we need to be very sensitive about that, how we minister into that culture. Now, this is really important for us with compassion because we're not reaching out to people that are just Christians. We're reaching out to the whole community and some have very different religious beliefs. And we wanted to show them a Christian worldview point without forcing it down their throat and saying, you need to change to become like this. Let them see what God has done for them through our love for them so that it's a free choice for them, free will, not something that's being forced upon them. He asked that we would pray for the sustainability of the project and for the dreams of those, of the children that are there. As I said, unemployment is extremely high. And illiteracy is really high too. But he says that great things are happening. Now, I've, I've sent that letter on. It's much more detailed than that. And maybe we can circulate that out to everyone. And you've got a copy of that uh, too. So there we are, down in Kenya. 53 children in Kenya. Uh, you've, you've sent, this is just in the last year, uh, there's been 187 letters that have been sent by sponsored children, And you've sent 69, which is a pretty good rate uh, by 32 of you. Um, I know sometimes I don't always send letters to my (laughs) sponsored child in Ethiopia. So, hey, if you've forgotten, um, don't feel guilty about it, but go home and do it this afternoon. No, no, because, you know, our money means a lot, but our words mean more. And we can invest words of life and hope into children, and it means so much to them. And they keep their little letters in a little tin under the bed, And they pull them out, and and at times when things are not going well for them, just as Andrew was talking about earlier on, they can pull something out, and they can say, hey, Andrew and Harmony said to me, I've got a hope, and I've got a future, that God's told me I've got that hope and that future, I'm going to keep moving on, and there'll be life changes in their own world. 24 girls, 29 boys. Um, Since the partnership has started, uh, over 42,000 hours have been spent by children that you sponsor in the project. That's amazing. And a minimum, just a minimum, of over 10,500 meals have been provided for them in the projects. And 239 medical checks. And that's really important based on the information I said to you earlier on. 68 Bibles have been given out as well to their families there. Just in the last 12 months, so do a multiplier over the years, because I don't know how many years has it been, seven or eight years? So let's multiply this by eight years um, we're talking nearly £19,000 per year that you're giving as part of your missions giving as a church to help these these children in Kenya, in the Maasai. That's amazing. And 16 additional gifts. I know some of you give family gifts. Um, we just want to thank you for that in Jesus' name. And there's some of the children there. You can see some of their faces. If your child is, you can't see your child on there and you think, I, I sponsor through... Uh, Belfast City Vineyard then come and see me afterwards give me the child's name and we'll make sure it's linked through we want to say thank you to you for making such an incredible difference here that's uh, a picture of the project where, where the children are out there they're just playing games uh, just out there so you can see those children there maybe one of yours is there too I'd like us to read from scripture right now we're going to read from Matthew Uh, Matthew chapter 26, 25 actually. And maybe we could just put that up on the screen. This is the uh, story of the talents. And again it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with these five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of, of gold came and he said, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant! So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This morning I want to speak to you about living your life on mission and on purpose. Living your life on mission and on purpose. All of us get one life. We just get this one life to live. And every day that we live, there's one less to live. And God wants us to live it on with, on purpose and with a mission. I don't know about you, but I build in time when I'm traveling somewhere. If I'm going all the way to Derry and I live down in Delgany in County Wicklow, I'll build in 40 minutes to make sure I, I get there on time. And uh, And if I'm coming... Up here, it may be, I'll build in 20-odd minutes to, to, to allow myself. And then when I go to the airport, I always like to make sure I'm there so that I can get to the Dublin airport and then uh, I can get through the safety. Because, you know, there's always someone in front of you who hasn't read any of the signs when they're going through. You know, like, put all your stuff in a bag. Oh, I didn't know I needed to do that, even though there's all these signs along the way. Sorry, I'm just getting a little frustrated there. And so my wife tries to calm me down on this sort of thing, so I like to get there early. My wife, by the way, Erica, she's here with me this morning. She knows I will say this about her. She, I, I allow time. She's more of a just-in-time person. It's something that we're working on together. And um, we get to the airport. And when we get there, um, afterwards, I go to the coffee shop, normally butlers, and get a nice coffee with a chocolate, and just sit there and watch the world go by. And i watch all some of the people that are rushing through and some of the others who are taking their time. And then after that, I get a little bit bored. And so I start to go into um, Eason's or WH Smith's and have a look at the shops and Look at the books. And they normally say things like, four ways to make yourself thin in three months. Don't they? No, four ways to make yourself rich and all this sort of stuff. Well, a little bit later on, as I'm talking to you about living life on mission and on purpose, I'm going to point out four things for you. Not four things that you should do if you want to live your life on mission on purpose, but four things you definitely should not do. I thought we'd twist it around a little bit. Four things you shouldn't do if you want to live your life on purpose purpose. So many of us wonder, well, how do I start? But the Bible tells us in Exodus 4-2, when God is speaking to Moses, he says, what is it that you have in your hand? What is it you have in your hand? And so many of us are saying, we're looking for the big dream, but just like Evan Swanson, you just start with a small seed and then God brings it out. Someone started this church that way. Someone started every, everything that ever started that way. And God says, don't despise the day of small things, as I said to you earlier on, because he knows what we're in the habit of despising the day of small things. So he's telling us not to, because you'll never know what it grows into, and you need to trust him and go through the process of living life with God to understand what that is. You know, just up the road from here, the Royal Victoria Hospital in 1906 was one of the first examples of air conditioning. Samuel Clendon Davidson was the heir of a huge tea importing business and he saw how the machines he used for heat to dry tea could be used as a convector to pump in fresh air into an inner city hospital because he was innovative and God can take what you have and you can think it's not worth anything the gift that you have the talent that you have by the way when the bible's talking about the talent here one talent of gold is the equivalent to a minimum wage in our, in our day for a year. So we're talking 15, 16 grand. So it's a lot that was entrusted to them by the master, even with one talent it was a lot. And so you may think, I don't have much, but you do. And I want you to see that everything that you've got, God has given to you. But you can be innovative. God is a God of innovation. We see this all the way through the Bible in Joshua 6. He tells them to go marching around the walls. Who would have thought of doing it that way? God is always looking for people that have a a gift and a talent that he has placed in them that want to use what he's put in there, not to let it go dormant. And we can see in this scripture here that he gives us talents. He gives us gifts. And all he expects us to do is to do with them what we can according to our ability. So he's not expecting me to compare myself to Andrew. He's not comparing Erica to, to compare herself to me. He's saying each of us has been given a gift, and we are accountable for that which God has given to us. And i would encourage you this morning, whatever you have, recognize what God has given to you, and then operate out of that. Because the Bible tells us we are not our own, that we have been bought at a very high price. Well, if you're not your own, then everything that you have is God's too. What will you do with what you have? because it is all his. Don't hide what you have and live your life on mission and on purpose. Some people say, well, it's got nothing to do with me. It's just destiny and fate, surely. It just happens, you know, that's just the way it goes. I don't believe that. And I know for many of us here today who believe in God, that he has called us, that he has called us. And he says, you have a a plan. I have a plan and a purpose for your life, but you need to make choices. Along the way, it works together with what God has called us to. You know, we are called according to purpose. There is definitely no doubt about it. And we can see that God has called everyone to purpose throughout time. It tells us in Acts 13, verse 36, of King David. For after David had done the will of God in his own generation. In other words, after he lived his life and his purpose, he died and was buried with his ancestors. And his body decayed. God doesn't have an issue with us. When our life's going to end. He's not concerned about that because we are we're, we're bought. We are his. And so our life is eternal. But will we make the most of this life that we live? Will we live it with purpose and on mission? Serve in the generation. Serve in your church family. Let, let it not just be about ourselves. So here are the four things I just want to show you really briefly. and I'm going to share a few stories with you. Four things that you should not do. The first one is this. Maybe you can put this up for me guys. I will not live my life by my own perception and belief. So many times we live our lives by the way we see it and God's got a bigger picture of how we should live. You see in this scripture the first man he had joy and he was encouraged because he understood that his master what his master wanted for him And he was encouraged and he thought in terms of abundance and bigger days and greater things. And he says this, master, you gave me this and look what I have done in return. This is how God wants us to respond. He is saying to us, he wants us to be people that say, God, you gave me this and this is how I've sown it. This is what I've done with this. And God recognizes this as uh, as our heavenly master, as our Lord and our savior. And he gives us gifts and he says, go on, sow it. You do your thing with it and let's see some reaping. Let's see what happens and then I'll celebrate with you. The second man does exactly the same and they celebrate together. But the third man has a totally different perspective and belief. He said, master, I thought you were a hard taskmaster. Get this, it's the same master, but he has a totally different perception and belief. Do you know, there are birds, all sorts of different birds that live in a desert. There are, one of them is a bird that circles around and it waits for animals to die. And the carcasses to be left. What is it? It's a vulture. And that's how it lives and it survives. It waits on death and then it feeds off it. But there are other birds in exactly the same environment called hummingbirds that look for the nectar and the honey. Which one are you? Do you search for the honey? Do you search for what's good? The opportunity. Do you look out for the opportunity? How you can serve God? How you can live your life on mission and on purpose? What if God is bigger than you think? What if he's bigger than you think he is in your life and in others' lives and in your family's lives? I want to tell you, it isn't what if, God is. He definitely is bigger than any of us ever think or imagine. He can do far more for us than we can ever think or imagine. So that's the first one. I will not live my life by my own perception and belief. The second thing, if you want to live a successful life on mission, on purpose, is be this one. I refuse to accuse and excuse. In verse 24, it says this, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. We do this, don't we? We accuse and then we excuse ourselves. We can see this all the way through the Bible. Adam blamed Eve. It wasn't my fault, it was her. That excuses me. I accuse you, it excuses me. Oh, well, if you did that better, I could do this. If if my job was better, I could do this. If my boss was better... If my husband was more understanding. If my situation was slightly different. And God's saying, no, what have you got? Where are you at right now? What do you have? You can't change the whole world. But you can change the world for one person. And many of you have done that already. And I want to thank you for that. And, that, and you developing a story with that person. You change the story of a little one like Leah. And then it changes your story too i want to ask you, whose story are you changing this morning? Whose life are you investing in? Who are you becoming bigger for? Who are you expanding your heart out towards? And when you do, it expands yours too. A number of years ago, I was in Uganda with uh, a, t- a church from Somerset. And uh, they sponsored around, actually they sponsor less kids than you guys did. So you, you can come out. If you want, we can arrange it. Let's go out to Kenya. That would be amazing. I te- I've taken a team out to Togo just recently and another one to Ethiopia. It would be great to take you guys to Kenya just to, to see the local church and the pastor there, see the children and the families. Um, but we were out with this church, a Baptist church from Somerset. And there was a lady called Rachel there. And she was in, in her 60s. And uh, she went out and she said, I- I'm just coming out to see my sponsored child, Loy. And I said, how old is your sponsor child? And she said, Oh, she's 17. I said, wow, how long have you been sponsoring? She said, oh, since she was four. We've been sending letters and exchanging photographs and all this sort of stuff. And one day the Ugandan office drove down to the hotel where we were staying, because we were away from Kampala and we were down in, the, in, in a place called Masaka and they came down and we were supposed to meet Loy in a couple of days time, but they thought they'd surprise her and they drove her down a day before. And she, came, she got out of this car and Rachel saw her. And it was like one of those scenes out of a movie, you know? that Where they run and they hug each other. And then I sat and I listened because I just, I just had to stop as I saw them meet each other. And, and Loy looked at her and, and she said, oh, Rachel, my mother, you've come to see me. And she said, oh, in a very middle class English way, oh, 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 Loy, I'm not your mother, I'm your sponsor. And Loy, uh, she'd been looked after by her uncle in a little home next to the local church, and she said, besides my uncle and the local church, you're the only person that ever said that they love me, and you've invested in me. She said, you are my mother. She said, you're the mother that God gave me. I thought that was absolutely amazing. Rachel sent me emails later. She knows that I tell this story. She sent me emails later. She said, Darren, do you know, my husband and I, we went out to Uganda later on, when she was in her later 20s, to watch her Uh, pass a university degree to see and receive a university master's uh, in business and she said she wanted her mother and father from England to be out there to see her. Isn't it amazing? You see when you change someone's life you don't just change their life it changes yours too. That's what God does. He does that for us if we refuse to accuse and excuse. The third thing is this We need to be people that say, I am not looking for exemptions clauses. You know, when we say, it's easy for you, but it's different for me. The Bible says this, it's impossible to reap where you haven't sown. In Galatians 6, 7, it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You may not harvest it tomorrow. It may not be the day after or the week after that. But just like the stories I told you about, Where there's now an MP in Uganda and a senator in Haiti, you sow and you reap. And it doesn't, you know, and when you sow, you you sow something in someone's life, you open the door of heaven for God to do something in you miraculous too. Maybe there are things you're praying for. And it's not like a deal that you're doing with God. God will answer your prayer. But what happens is that when you pray to God and you step out in faith in God, you open the door for him to operate in you. It's like you give him permission to operate in a larger sphere in your life, because God is looking to do that in your life, too. Let me just show you this quick story. I met a, a guy called John. He was from Uganda too, and he was a former sponsor child. And he was in his 20s, and I said to him, uh, "John, uh, have you ever met your sponsor?" He said, "I have. I met, I met him. He's from Florida." I flew to see him one day. I said, "You flew to see him?" Well, not just for one day. Obviously, he flew for a little bit longer than that. He said, "Yeah, I'd, I'd lost contact with him, and I heard he wasn't well." And I won't name the, 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 the name of the, the sponsor for his own privacy. But what happened is that he'd fallen on hard times. He was divorced, and his, back, his company had gone bankrupt. And he was, he was a, a man that used to paint these—you know, put these big adverts up on billboards and things—and that's what he did. And he used to work extra to sponsor the children in in uh, in africa and um he said i just wanted to go and say thank you to him he said and i went and i saw him and i met him and he he said and we we just prayed together and we were together and he said and my my sponsor said to me i'm so glad you came to see me i realized that what i did all those years ago was of value and immense meant something to you and you see he was at the opportunity for then for god to do something back in his life the favor was returned And who knows what can happen for you when you just say to God, I will not make an excuse. I will not make excuses. I'm not looking for exemption clauses. I'm not looking for a way out. I'm looking to be involved and in. The fourth and final thing I want to show you in the scriptures is this. And this is a really big one. If you want to live your life on mission and on purpose, you need to not be guided by your fears. I will not be guided by my fears. In Matthew 25, verse 25, he said, I was afraid. And right from the beginning of the Bible, it says this. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. So many times we're hiding what God has given us. We're hiding who we are. We're hiding the potential that we have because we're afraid. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid if it goes wrong. We're afraid of what will people say. But you know, I want to say this to you. A no is always a no if you never ask. A no is always a no if you never try. It's always negative if you never step out. But if you step out, it can turn into something else. You can't allow yourself to be defined by fear. You can't allow yourself to be gripped by it. You have to say, I can be someone that can make a difference. And this morning I want to encourage you, Perhaps you already sponsor a child. But would you consider if you could, at 25 pounds a month, sponsoring another? Perhaps you could come and see Erica and I at the table afterwards and say, hey, look, I sponsor a child, but I'd like to sponsor another one. I'd like to invest in a child. Maybe it's for the first time you think, you see that, hey, this is what the church is doing. This is amazing. I want to be a part of that. Maybe part of a team that goes out. And you could start to make a difference in someone like Leah's life. We have a, a son called Luke, he's 26 now. He got married when uh, a few years back, and he's got a, a little girl called Shiloh, she's 18 months. He rang me and he said, Dad, just before you know he, he announced everybody else that his wife was pregnant, he said, he said, Dad, you're going to be a grandfather. I said, No, no, I can't be a grandfather, I'm too young. He said, Dad, you need to check the mirror. <laughs> so, anyway. He said to me a couple of years ago, but when, you know, when they were first uh, got married, he said, Dad, we sponsor a child each. I'm not sure we can afford to sponsor another one. Uh, I'm not sure we can afford to sponsor two anymore. And I said, well, just pray about that, mate. And just like, if you can, not just ring compassion and, you know, withdraw. Or just like maybe go on a holiday payment for a little while. Just see what happens. You know, it's no guilt tripping. If you can't afford to do it, then, then don't put yourself in that sort of place. He said, yeah, okay, all right, okay, all right, yeah. So we, we, we spoke to each other about a week later, and, and he said, uh, we were chatting about football and different things like that, and then I said, hey, hey, what happened with the sponsor child? He said, well, the MC and I, we were praying, and he said, yeah, and he went, yeah, dad, it's not a great idea to pray, is it, when, you, when you're asking a question like that? I said, what do you mean, Luke? He said, well, we were praying, and we were saying, God, which one should we give up? And he said, and we just felt the Spirit of God say to us, no, I don't want you to give one up. I want you to sponsor another one. And I said, what do you mean, Luke? He said, so we're sponsoring a third one. He said, Dad, he said, what I've realized in my whole life is this, that whenever I, I say to God, is it okay if I step back? He said, God always says to me, no, I want you to step forward. You see, that's what a step of faith is. And I wouldn't want any of you to sponsor a child if you don't have the financial ability to do it, because that's giving from money you don't have. But if you think to yourself hey this is something that I could do I'd love you to consider that this is a wonderful opportunity I want to close with this thought because I've been talking to you about living your life on mission and on purpose a number of years ago uh, I was walking around an estate and there were some Jehovah's Witnesses going around knocking on doors and I thought I'd call them in I have a cup of tea and biscuits sort of thing and I called them in, and I said hey I'm a born-again Christian. I said, I know you're going to say that we all believe the same, but you know that we don't, really. I said, but I'll tell you what. I'll put my Bible down here, and then uh, you can convince me for a, an hour and a half, if you like, why I should drop my faith and join yours. They thought, "Way, we're in. I, the reason I did that was because I didn't know my Bible enough, well enough to argue with them at that time, so I just thought I needed to work for my strength, from my gift, for my talent that I had, which was one more of persuasion. You know, one more of like, okay, let's see it this way. Let's look at it another way. And so they, 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 they were telling me all about this. And, and I'd read up on Jehovah's Witnesses and all the prophetic words that just didn't come true from the Watchtower Society. And, and I said, well, if, if that's true, then what about this? And what about this? And what about this? I said, she said, I can't believe that. There's so many holes in it. It's unbelievable. And I said, right. And at the end of the two hours, I said, would you mind if I shared my faith with you just for five minutes? And so I had this opportunity to share my faith. And they came as two. There was a lady who had been a Jehovah's Witness for 25 years and a young guy. He was extremely zealous. And then he went and she was there to guard him. But he went out of my house. He stormed out. And she looked at me and she started to cry. And she said this. She said, Mr. Sharp, she said, 25 years ago, my husband left me and I was without hope. And two people knocked on my door. And they gave me hope. She said, and in two hours this morning, you've dismantled all of that. I said, that wasn't my desire to dismantle it in that way, to destroy you. I said, but what I would say to you is this if I could do that in two hours, what foundation was it built on? I said, I've shared with you about the love of God right now, the real love of God and who He is. You can trust in Him. And I said, and I want you to go away because you're going to go back to Kingdom Hall right now, and an elder's going to tell you you've met with the son of the devil. I said, but you're going to have to decide what you believe. I said, and let the inner voice within you, as C.S. Lewis talks about, ask you that question, which one has the ring of truth to it? And the Spirit of God will reveal to you which is the truth. And she walked away. I've never seen her again since. But I'm believing that as I sowed, there will be a reaping. And that one day I will see her in heaven. But here's the thing. I wish it had been one of us that had knocked on her door 25 years ago. I wish it had been one of us that had had the used our gift and talent of just conversation, our time just to say, how are you today? Just to be there for you. I want to tell you, there are people around Belfast that need you to speak to them. They need you to use the gift that you have. There are people in Europe that need to hear you. They need you to go out on a mission with them. There are people in Kenya that need you to invest in their lives. Will you step out in faith this morning? Will you do that? Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you for the partnership over the last number of years and all the children's lives that have been changed and the difference that you've made. Lord, bless each and every one that's helped in whatever way they have in this house. Lord, but I pray if you've challenged us by your Holy Spirit today that we will respond to what you have said, whatever way that is, whether it is to sponsor a child through compassion. To be a part of what's going on here, maybe to help on another team here, but I pray we won't let our we won't put our talent in the ground and dig a hole because it's not ours to bury; it's yours. And I pray that we will be people that live our lives to the full, on mission and on purpose in every area. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Maybe this morning you you don't even know Jesus as your personal savior, and you say, "I I've, I don't even live my life this way." I, I, I live my life for my own mission and purpose. And this morning, you have an opportunity just to ask God into your heart. Maybe just say this prayer in your heart quietly to yourself. Dear God, I accept I've been living my own way, doing my own thing. But I want to put my trust in you and live my life for you. So I ask you to forgive my, my sin of not following you. I turn from my way of doing things. I'm going to follow you. Come into my heart today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Just as we, just, just raise your heads for a moment. If you said that prayer for today for the first time, why don't you go and have a chat with somebody with a badge on or come and see one of the leaders afterwards. And for those of you that are interested in investing in a child's life, come and spe- speak to Erica and I afterwards and maybe we can take each other out. We can take each other out to Kenya and uh, have a great time out there and see what's going on. Bless you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.